The saying goes, give a person a fish and you feed them for a day. Teach them how to fish and you feed them for a lifetime. I really believe in that saying. However, and that's a big however, teaching someone the kinds of fish to catch and which ones to avoid is a whole other matter. The world of search engine marketing is very much like that. A complicated, in some cases, dangerous ocean to find yourself in. I'm not trying to scare anyone here, but the world of search engine marketing, or SEM as it's known, is full of potholes and dead ends, bad actors, and outright deception. These problems in SEM can come at you from all different directions, from both friend and foe, legitimate businesses, and fly-by-nights. Good news is, there is a lot you can do to help you avoid these problems and the costly mistakes that can result. How do you do that? Well, when it comes to embarking out on your own in the wide-open SEMCs, having some help is definitely a good thing. Sites like BusRates that basically do all the SEM for you through its long list of keywords and phrases that they're ranking for and constantly working on both weekly and monthly can help you make this game much easier to deal with. And that's why you're on it. Bus rates, that is. Right? Join Chris Rydell and I as we talk about some of the latest issues going on in the search engine marketing world and how you can take advantage of it and what, it may, and what you may want to avoid. Welcome to the Motor Coach Minute, a podcast from the folks at UMA and Bus and Motor Coach News. It's designed to make it easier for you, the owner-operator, to get to the meat of the issues affecting the motor coach industry. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Motor Coach Minute. This is Stephen Valley, and it's my pleasure to be sitting and talking with Chris Rydell. And this is his second time back on the show. So, uh, welcome, Chris. Thanks. Uh, really glad to be here. Sure, enjoy the opportunity to come and and talk with you. And uh, hopefully, we can we can give some people some information that will help them grow their business. Yeah, I think that that's always been. Uh, sort of the focus of your group and we usually we always have a really good time absolutely riffing on <laughs> on different marketing things um so uh today we're going to talk about search engine marketing you know and adwords on google and the different search engines and uh this was kind of sparked by a conversation i was having with sean mm-hmm. um and uh sean mcveigh who's the um sales representative for bus rates he had pointed out and i did not know this but it was that you know people can uh, now game your your search engine uh, marketing, your AdWords, and they can do it by either having a bot or having you know something that's going to hit your AdWord and whatever that key one is, and either time you out or just basically make you pay a lot of money. And uh, so I think a lot of people are starting to pull away from the AdWords in general. Yeah, there, there's a, a couple of things to keep in mind about AdWords. Um, the the first is is that um, AdWords do have their place in the marketing ecosphere. They're, they 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 do, but the place is different than kind of most people think of the place. So, in in our world, we've done a lot of search engine marketing over the years. We we consult people to do search engine marketing. We um, run search engine campaigns for people, both native and paid. And what we found is is that with search engine marketing, the place that it exists is a narrow little band in kind of the 
the long list of things that need to be done. And we do it for short-term keywords, keywords that have meaning today that may not have meaning tomorrow. You know, for example, in, in the motor coach industry, if let's say there's an event happening, a very specific event, it's a one-time deal. It's there's in your neighborhood. It's in your neighborhood. Something. It's the Super Bowl. It's the, you know, basketball championship. It's the local 4A football tournament, whatever, whatever it is um, that you know that it's, it's not it's some, perishable. It's perishable. It's going to end. Um, it's a great place for for paid advertising for SEM because you don't have the time, the resources or the inclination to try to invest in the native SEO campaign around it. So in, in that end, it has great value. It has value. Uh, Take it outside of that context, you know, and you see a lot of companies that do because um, you know, it's kind of the notion of I can be number one today if I'm only willing to pay $2.36 a click. <laughs> um, and, and that's really what Google, you know, Google has continued and continued to make native search engine more difficult, native search engine marketing difficult um, and, and obscure and dangerous, frankly. Uh, and so as they've done that, search engine marketing, paid search engine marketing, AdWords, those kind of things have become the easier route. You just go, okay, I need to own um, Charter Bus Portland, and you go into Google AdWords and you say, I want to own it, and I'm willing to pay three bucks a click, and, and bang, you, you're there. The problem with search engine marketing is, is that it's been proven time and time and time again that uh, a good portion of the traffic that exists that Google sells you, you know, because you get, let's say, you know, you, you pay $3 a click, you say, I'm willing to spend $300 a month. Um, it's a, a, def- a defined number, right? You get a hundred right, clicks. Right. Uh, and, and so there's been a, there's been all kinds of research done and proof shown that there is a large percentage of the traffic that you get that isn't real traffic. It's bot traffic. And, and for those who are listening that don't understand what a bot is, a bot is, a computer program that is operating like a human. It is not actual traffic. And it can be replicated like numerous times so you can get a scaling capability. Sure, sure. So so Google Google claims that it's not them, right? They, they, they will adamantly deny that they run, manage, or have anything to do with bots. Um, but if I paid $300 for my 300 clicks, or for my 100 clicks rather, uh, the truth is I didn't actually pay $300 for 100 clicks um, because there is such a large percentage of that traffic that isn't real. So if I look at it based on um, how many dollars did I pay for the actual real humans that came to my site. It's going to be much higher. Much, much higher. Yeah. And, and then on top of that, did I, how much did I pay for the ones that actually got there and took an action and booked a charter with me. Converted over, right? Yeah. Then then you start to look at that from an ROI standpoint and you go, wow, you know, this that three dollar click may have been much higher. It may have been twelve dollars a click. Right. Uh, uh, to an actionable So re- it's a myth, essentially what we're dealing with is like, you know, people tend to think that, oh, I'm spending, you know, three hundred dollars and I'm getting so much traffic. I've seen it on bus rates, you mm-hmm. know, where a lot of the traffic that comes from our search engine marketing, you know, and for a while I was thinking, well, maybe it had something to do with the keywords that we were using. And I think that goes through everyone's head where you sit back and you kind of go, oh, if I'm having, you know, like not such good results, like you, you initially want to blame yourself. Right. But what I did notice, and I thought this was really interesting, I've gotten a, every, every three weeks or so I get a phone call from somebody at Google 
who wants to go over my AdWords account. Yeah. And, and that's like stepped up a lot. And I'm not sure if that's because I'm on someone's list as an easy mark <laughs> or, or if, uh, if there's some sort of, you know, like they're seeing something. But, you know, if you put it all together, and I don't know, maybe people out who are listening to this, if you're paying attention to your AdWords account, if you're noticing anything, I think there really is sort of a, 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 a sea change that's taking place with respect to, you know, how much money do you really need to spend? Right. Well, and, and that, you know, it comes back to your long-term marketing strategy, because if, if you're using AdWords for keywords that matter to you on a long-term basis, like if, if you're a charter bus company in um, Iowa and, and you are using keywords, AdWords rather, to um, position yourself for the long-term mm-hmm. uh, as far as where you pop up in the search engines, um, you're, you're doing the wrong thing. It's the easy thing. Right, but it's exactly. not the yeah. right thing, yeah. uh, and, and it doesn't position you in a place. So you have the bot traffic. That's one thing. Um, there are some myths associated with, with AdWords, and, and um, it's kind of the hysteria notion. Uh, I've done a lot of research into ways that the system can be gamed. So a lot of, a lot of people get, you know, when we talk to them about AdWords and short-term keyword campaigns, they go, oh, I never do that because, you know, my competitors can go in and just click my ad 100 times, and I've paid 100 a hundred clicks for my competitor right. to do that. The truth is, is that they, that Google's a little bit smarter than that. If that was real, uh, they, they, there would be some serious um, ramifications because it would be, too, it would be, you know, they, they've had to dust their fingerprints off a little bit. <laughs> they've, had to, <laughs> they've had to be a little bit smarter about it than that. Um, it, you can't do that. It's been proven that that uh, if I if I know, hey. I compete with bus rates. Bus rates has this keyword. I'm going to go in and I'm just going to click it and I'm going to go to a different browser and I'm going to click it and I'm going to go to a different browser and I'm going to click it and I'm going to cost you money because I know that you're paying a lot of money for it. Um, and and the people who pioneered that research were the people who had the most expensive keywords in the business. So um, I, I, the last time I looked, mesothelioma, uh, <laughs> keywords are all still the highest paid keywords and you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars a click. And so those are the people who really care. You right, know, at, right. At sixty nine cents a click, I don't really mind. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, only, it's only sixty nine cents. But at ten thousand dollars a click, I I care a lot. Right. Um. And so th- those are the kinds of things that. Uh, so so somebody can't just go in and do that now. There is it's IP tracked, right? Every every computer has a fingerprint called an IP, and an IP address, and so it's IP tracked. So. Gamers, the people who are trying to, to game the system, have rotating IP addresses. They have um, server farms that they spool up. So it, there are ways for the system to be gamed, but it's probably not the tech, the untech savvy guy down the street that's just going, yeah, here who, we yeah, go, I'm going to get him. Yeah, the and broker who's sitting there. Yeah, to, like, <laughs> he's, he's not really going to cost you a lot of money. Um, that's not to say that your competitors aren't going to click on it once or twice or three, ten times a month. So, you know, but this goes back to the whole thing of, uh, do you think AdWords are becoming passe? Like, you know, to the, the point where, you know, there's this, this whole thing now about SEO. So everybody's right. really interested in the organic, and that's what's really hard to uh, sort of fool Google on, just about any search engine on. Do you think that AdWords have hit its halcyon days, you know, its salad days, or right. whatever they are, and, and it's over? No, I, I, I don't think they're over. What I think is, is that... Um, 
a couple of years ago, Google came out with a couple of major algorithm changes in the native SEO game. Um, Panda uh, was was one of them. Um, yeah, Penguin the, was one of them. Which was the one that had the hyper local searches? And Panda. All that. that was Panda. Yeah. And and so it came out with these two big things. And what it did was is that there was a lot of people who were gaming SEO, and and Google came in, and and you know there was some very high publicity things that happened. Um, you know, for example, some of the major department stores right around Christmas time had gamed the system and were actually higher up in the search engine results for products than the manufacturers themselves. And and it was all games. It was all basically people had reverse al- uh, reverse engineered the Google algorithms and were able to very, very quickly and effectively put people wherever you wanted. When I started in SEO, um, if you told me, if you named any keyword, I could have you there in three days on the number one position. And, I, and no one could touch me. I mean, you, you couldn't touch me. So I had all these, these cu- customers that were at number one. And um, then Panda came out and they were delisted <laughs> because... <laughs> Google said, okay, here's, the, here's what people are doing to game the system. And they not only took away the value of that, so on a scale of like, let's say you're, you're ranked on a scale of 1 to 100. So not only do we take away the 98 points that you have created, but now every single one of the things that you did is, is negative 5 points. <laughs> so you're starting from... <laughs> you are, in, in fact, the domains became trash because you, actually had, deal, you had actually caused so much damage that you couldn't recover. Um, so I think what happened was when Google made those changes that a lot of people got really scared about native SEO. And so there was an instant pendulum swing towards, uh, SEM paid, right. paid AdWords because it was remarkably safe and easy and you're giving Google money and you know, Google's never going to slap your hand for giving Google money. And, and so there was kind of this pendulum swing towards let's just do that. Let's pull our let's pull our money back from search engine optimization, the native stuff, which is hard to which do, is it remarkably takes a long difficult time. to do. And and what Google has effectively done is made the corner ice cream shop if they want to compete that they have to be in the content business. Well, if you're in the ice cream business, who wants to be in the content business? Exactly. The motor coach industry is 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 the perfect example of this because. We're in the business of moving people in motor coaches, keeping motor coaches on the road, keeping drivers in seats, doing all these things. And, and somehow we now need to be in the content business. And and so, you know, when you overlay kind of the way that the algorithm updates with Google happened, and then when you came out the other end of that, you looked at it and said, well, geez, okay, now I have to be in the content business or I can just pay Google. And, you know, I, I don't believe that was an accident on Google's part. <laughs> uh, but They're I do too see smart that. for that. Yeah, yeah for right. accidents. Yeah, they are way too smart <laughs> for that. Um, but I think the pendulum is swinging back. I think people are saying, you, you know, I get that you're telling me that uh, I'm, I'm going to be paying 250 a click, but I, I, the numbers all show. Um, I, I think the, some of the research we've done that's really telling is, um, you know, we have native SEO campaign, Somebody says, I really think this is the keyword I need. So we start doing, while, while we're building the native SEO, we'll start an SEM campaign along those same keywords. And when we're ranked low on the native SEO, but we start an SEM campaign, we'll see the traffic spike, but the leads won't change. 
the actual conversions oh, yeah. won't change. I've actually seen that on bus rates. I've, you know, what you're talking about, that's very true. But then when the same keyword gets up to a native position in the top five, we see, and we pull the SEM campaign, so we see kind of the traffic is now coming from a native source instead of a paid source. Um, that same volume of traffic creates significantly more leads. So and uh, yeah, I, I, like I've said, I've seen that sort of thing taking place on, uh, and I never really had an understanding of what was going on, yeah. other than the fact that I know for a fact that our search engine marketing only converts at about maybe 10, 10 to fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. And we've tried various things to to sort of goose that, and it's always stayed roughly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might spike a little bit, but we're only talking like two, three percentage points. Mm-hmm. Whereas our 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 organic traffic that converts over at like you know sixty to eighty percent, and yeah. it moves very very wildly within that that twenty percent range. Mm-hmm. But it's always so much more. And when you think about it, it makes total sense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're somebody who's sitting back and you want to find a bus. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to search on Google. And right. the second thing is, you know, I think the people out in the world, like we all know when it says ad, you know, and we're all getting smart enough to know now that it's it's no longer, ooh, that's a novelty. That's really cool. There are sometimes though when I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to make you pay. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you mobile. I'm going to make you pay. Um, but more often than not, I do go for the organic just because mm-hmm. it's, I'm more trusting of it. And there's a ton of research out there that shows that uh, 80% of the total clicks go to the top three native results in Google. Um, that uh, the other 30% are distributed um, disproportionately between, if it's a local search, that a lot of it will go to the local results. Uh, and that a small percentage of it goes to the the advertising clicks. We, we have learned... Um, there's a couple of things that are interesting about Google. You know, Google has been a word uh, that's that's now been replaced by um, if you say go look into something, hey, go figure that out for me. You know, people don't say that anymore. They say Google it. Yeah, Google it. Google it. Yeah, Google it. And and because that shift in our culture has also shifted us to realize, or I'm sorry, realize is the wrong word. I, I want to take that word back to believe that Google is smart enough to list results in order of importance of our search. And that's what their algorithm is based on. And it's the reason, <clears throat> excuse me, it's the reason that they were so worried about their algorithms when they released all those changes because the publicity that came out questioned their algorithm. It said, we don't believe that Google's doing what Google says they're doing, which is to give us the most relevant results for my search. And that is the fundamental underpinnings of their value the trust, in our yeah, community. The trust. Right. And, and so when that got questioned, they had to come in with a big hammer. They came in with a big stick. They whacked everybody on the hands. And, and you know, now everybody's really afraid to put their hands back on the table. Um, and, and so beca- because that came into question we all realized in the world how valued it that those native results had become <clears throat> we we didn't really understand before that that as a culture we believe that when we search um pizza shop or whatever the search word is that the number one result that comes up that we believe that that's been vetted that that indeed right, it's is, an unbiased search right, result that it, it is the most important result to me is number one right somehow google has figured out what my preferences are for 
crust and sauce and all that right. stuff. And so, yeah, you bring a bunch of things to the table in your own head, whether right. they're true or not. Well, and, and unfortunately, being in the, the marketing game as, as I have been, I'm jaded to it and I don't believe it because I know that all it means is is the guy that is there is better at content development than the guy that's at number 186. Well, it doesn't speak anything to his pizza. It doesn't mean that the guy who's number one in, in, in you know, Sheboygan, Wisconsin charter bus is the best charter bus operator or the safest or has the best driver training or has the best equipment or has the best safety record. It doesn't mean any of those things, you know? Right. And in our industry, that's one of the big challenges is that the number one guy may not have a good website. He may not, the, the, the guy that I should be choosing may not have a good website. He may not have any idea how to generate content. He may not have any of those things, and he may not even be listed in the top 10, and yet the consumer goes in and goes, okay, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, Charter Bus. Yep, that's the one right there. I'm going to use one. that one right I'm gonna there. I'm going to click yeah. it because now you're coming out as a, as a point of differentiation because you're number one versus the guy who's not even on the, the top three pages. Yeah, who could have all of the safety things. He could, he could be the best down, operator yeah. hands down. Right. And and yet, as a culture, we go well. Geez, Google said he's number one, <laughs> and so th- so that's the 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 truth about SEO, and and because of that, we also are desensitized to the ads because we know that somebody just bought their way there. It, it's declaring that 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 guy bought his way into that position, and he's not really listed. He's not really. Yeah, it's yeah because you you've noticed I've noticed too where it's like sometimes you have things that are showing up in those ads you're like wow right how did that get there yeah poorly <laughs> poorly executed ad campaigns are one of the funniest things to see you know you do a search and you're like you know no I I, I did not search for that <laughs> so one of the other things that that uh, Google does and you know we did a little bit of it was the remarketing mm. and I, I I think that sort of magic has worn off. I think people are actually starting to get a little bit of a creep factor from it. Mm. So for those of you who don't know what the remarketing is, have you ever gone to like Home Depot and looked at uh, gas grills? And it, for whatever reason, you left Home Depot and you go to somewhere else. And the next thing you know, on the side of you know the, the site you're on, you're seeing ads for the exact same grills that you were looking at. And I think in the beginning, people were like, oh, wow. How did you know yeah. that I wanted one of those? Are you Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> At which point, you do. You, I mean, I think it had a real sort of, uh, it had a great effect. We did it on bus rates, and we did not get any traction from it. It was something that wound up sort of, I think, you know, just people became blind to it, mm. you know. And as to whether or not that's another layer, or like I said, or is that just like going down the road a creep factor where like you're stalking me? <laughs> <laughs> Stop watching me. Uh, no, I I uh, am a believer in in all of these tools, and I, I think it's important that we understand that they have their place in the ecosphere. They they really do belong in the mix, you know. But it's like a tool belt. Um, if I'm going to build a really well-executed marketing strategy, I have to have a lot of tools. You know, I can't come in to think I'm going to build a house and all I have is a hammer. You know, oh, great, I've got my hammer. I'm going right. to build something. You know, you need a saw. You need a, uh, a level. You need a square. You need all of these tools. And, you know, some of them you're only going to use a couple of times to build the house. But without them, it becomes more challenging to build the house. Um, remarketing has its place. Uh, I, I think that... Um, Long-term, slow-drip retargeting campaigns 
are important. The ones where you go to Home Depot and you see a grill and for the next 72 hours, everywhere you go, you see a grill, um, become less effective and definitely kind of up the creep factor. Yeah, I get that. That that actually makes a lot of sense. So, you know, for like in our case, I mean, we we talk all the time about how uh, bus rates leads are highly perishable. Right. And so, you know, maybe for us, we need to have it right away. You know, like it, it needs to be out there. But for somebody else, like the the, the um, I can't think of what what would be an example of a slow drip one. Well, a a, a slow drip retargeting campaign is something that um, I think has value in any market. I think that there, what's been proven in almost any market is is that um, leads are highly perishable. They come and they go. But what you're what you're doing with a long-term drip campaign is that you're using it as a brand positioning tool. So you're, you're not, you're, you believe they came to bus rates, you know that within 72 hours they've moved right, forward right. with something. But that doesn't mean that three weeks from now, nine months from now, that they're not going to be a consumer again or that they shouldn't no, I be get what a you're consumer talking about. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So instead of trying to drive them to a specific search result... Right, which is what the RFQ is, it or the lead for us. You're you're driving them to remember bus rates. Yeah, it, you're just using it as a brand positioning tool. So, um, you know, you know a couple of things about them because they've come to your website, right? So you know that they had interest enough to come to your website. Yeah, which areas of the country they were looking at the, you know, which buses and right. that sort of thing. And because retargeting can be remarkably specific, right? So, like if if uh, I know that you came to the the um, North Carolina page on bus rates, or or for example, for for a motor coach operator. If I know that you came to my my wedding services page, I can now remarket to you down the road based mm-hmm. on the fact that you have an interest that that I know you had a an interest there. So I can now continue to position myself farther and farther down the road. Now I know a couple of things about. You know, if you come in, like, let's say I'm a line run guy and you come in and you're looking at a line run casino ticket for next Thursday, I know that you're going to make a decision before next Thursday. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to make that same decision a month from now. Or two months. Or or two months or nine months or two years or whatever. So the opportunity to leverage the fact that you know they're a consumer, but you don't have their data yet. So the only way to continue to talk to them outside of the context of a blind campaign like 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 search engine marketing AdWords, which you're just hoping that maybe that same person comes in and, and clicks on it. This allows you to talk to them specifically. So for me, again, it, it's a tool that lives in the tool belt. Does it have its place? Yes. Is, is it, does it have the creep factor? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and there are also, you know, search engine marketing is graphic in nature. It is... Um, based on uh, ad Google ad positioning throughout the web uh, that that is usually I'm saying graphic but it's uh, pictures you know you create an AdWord campaign or I'm sorry a uh, remarketing campaign and you have all of these boxes that they're going to place all over the web and because you do that um, you have there is some work to kind of get it started you have to you have to create these campaigns and then you have to run them um, but it also means that things like ad blockers which are becoming more and more right, and more right, pr- right. prominent um, are very effective in 
in negating Deporting its that, ability yeah. <laughs> to be positioned. So do I believe that it's going to change? I do. Um, there, there's a lot of companies that are fighting ad blockers, but, uh, you know, like you'll notice if you, if you run, I, I run an ad blocker. I, on my personal it's funny because I don't run one. Sean runs one, and, and he it's like, you know, I'll go and I'll look at his system. For me, I don't really mind ads. I've never really mind. However, there is a danger factor associated with some of them. There's malware and that kind right. of stuff that goes along with it. I've always liked it, but mainly it's because of my, you know, being in, in marketing right. and having come from an advertising background. So for me, I like seeing it, and I like kind of being informed. I don't like the... The crud that right. you see. I mean, there's so so many times you come to a site and you just you know it's like ah, right. turn it off. Right. Well, and and that's the thing with ad blockers is that they're kind of reshaping the ad community because the ad community is having to play with them. Um, you've got the two different tacks. One is okay, we won't do it. We'll find a different way to talk to you. Uh, and then the other the other side of the the coin is is that you know if, like if you go to CNN and you're running a new, uh, an ad blocker, um, they block all their stories. So a big pop-up block com- banner comes up that says, hey, um, we noticed that you're running an ad blocker, and if you'd like to read the stories here, turn it off. Um, so there, there are kind of two tacks to that. Uh, one's a little bit of a hostage theory, and if you have content that people want, maybe you can hold people hostage. You know, if you're just a... Con- if you're a website that sells something, that's probably high not a great anger, plan. Yeah. High <laughs> anger factor there. Yeah. And All I, right, fine. I just won't go back to you. Yeah, and, and I have done that numerous times that I, I just... Go, yeah, okay, I'm out. So what's interesting, too, is that we made the decision with the new bus rates design to drop all ads, Mm -hmm. primarily because we were having a hard time with making sure that the stuff that was showing up was something that was relevant. Um, But the other problem is is that um, it wound up just creating this sort of, you know, carnival aspect to the site that nobody really enjoyed. Yeah. I think, however, you know, on the, the subscriber side of the site, you know, talking to the, you know, companies out, you know, uh, in the world that are selling tires and batteries and that kind of stuff. I think there's some value there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't disagree. I, I think that, um, uh, internal ad servers are, are worth doing, especially when you're using them to leverage your own products, right. And cross sell your own products within your own website. I think there's value there. Um, but you don't have to do it in terms of, of opening it up to like Google ads and, and those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. That day is gone. It's yeah, it's over. So, um, this has been great. This has been a really cool conversation. I learn a lot. I always learn a lot when I talk to you. Thank you. Hopefully I'm glad to be here. I, you know, it is this stuff we've learned, uh, in many cases, the hard way we've, we've paid a lot of money and (laughs) and learned a lot of hard lessons (laughs) down this path. And, and, uh, I'm always happy to share the data and hope that, that some people can kind of uh, avoid making the expensive mistakes and and can take this information and actually do something useful with it. And, and, um, you know, our our mission is clear. We want to help people sell more charters to more people for more money. And each one of those is is important. And, um, you know, we want to, we could translate that into we want people to sell more charters to more people without learning expensive mistakes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Agreed. All right, man. Uh, we will probably uh, we'll be in touch again and, Good. and have you on the show. And, Always a pleasure. Uh, yeah. Always a pleasure to be here. Take it easy. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. If you'd like to advertise on the Motor Coach Minute or if you'd like to sponsor it, please drop us a line at info at bussinmotorcoachnews.com or you can give us a call at area code 703-838-2955. Look forward to hearing from you and we'll see you next month.